Good morning. Those of you online watching, good morning to you as well. Everybody take a deep breath. You need that? I think we all did this morning. Well, uh, this week, uh, I think it was Thursday morning, the storm had gone through on Wednesday night, throughout the night. Thursday morning, I get up, and uh, uh, as some of you know, I take a morning walk about 5.30 in the morning every morning around our block, and uh, I did it again. I was, I'm going to go. I had to, I had to walk around a whole bunch of trees that were across the road, but I still made it. <laughs> I was thinking about us, thinking about this morning, and uh, uh, you know, I had prepared a sermon that goes along with the series that we're in right now, and it was like God's in, uh, let, let's, let's put that one on hold, let's go next week on that one or whatever, uh, I've got something, people need something else. So this morning, what I want to share with you came from that experience, several words that God gave me to uh, highlight today, but uh, you know, we've all come through a big week, to say the least, right? <laughs> Um, the, from our experience, some of us have experienced it more intensely than others, especially our brothers and sisters to the south. And, um, this has been probably one of the most difficult weeks for many of us, um, ever. And, uh, some of our young people especially probably never experienced or felt the way they ex- feel right now and, and just the intensity of everything that has happened. And, uh, you know, and along with all the logistical things and the physical things, you know, some of you are still cleaning up debris in your yard, trees have fallen, buildings have been damaged, you're still working on all those things. Uh, some of you still, lot, still are without power. We finally got ours back last night, yesterday afternoon. Uh, yesterday morning, we saw some uh, tree trimming guys and, uh, on our street, and I go, yeah, so I go running down, walking, walking down there, careful, don't want to hurt anything. So I walk down, say, hey, guys, you going to turn the power on? And they go, well, no, we don't have anything to do with the power, but we're going to cut the trees away from the power lines. I go, awesome, man, way to go. I said, where are you guys from? He said, oh, we're from Michigan. I go, Michigan? They go, wow, well, thanks for being here. We appreciate it. He said, well, I know you guys would do the same for us if we we're in the same situation. I go, you know what? We do that, just like John said. We, we help each other out when it comes down to it. We encourage each other. So, so really, that's what today's about. Just, I, I just really feel and felt it's important for us just to be together. Maybe after the service, you share stories with each other and just to encourage each other. So I, I just want to encourage you because... With all the stuff that we're doing physically, I, I think some of us are just tired. Anybody tired this morning? You know, we're wore out emotionally, mentally. I think even our spirit and our soul need some encouraging this morning. And we know what it feels like. Sometimes, sometimes the words of Jesus and sometimes verses in the Bible mean more than other times. Remember when Jesus said one time, come unto me, all you who are weary and of heavy heart, you're tired, and I will give you rest. I think Jesus would say that to us this morning. Just come to me. I will strengthen you. I will give you rest for your soul and for your spirit as well. So 
Now that we're on the other side of the storm, the question, the question that has come to my mind this week is, how do we recover from something like this? I mean, we can, you know, we can clear the yard. We can repair the buildings. We can do those things. But how about you? How do you, in your heart, in your soul, in your mind, how do you recover from something this catastrophic and the way it's affected you uh, internally? I mean, where do you go? <laughs> where do you go for help, just for healing and for encouragement right now? I'm reminded, first verse in your notes, Psalm 46, verse 1 says this, God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble, like right now. So we will not fear when the earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the hurricanes come at us. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. I mean, what an amazing attitude that we can have knowing that the Lord is our help and that the Lord is our strength and that he is our hope that we can face any calamity we can face the storm and we can say you know what bring it on because my Lord and my Savior he is my help he is my hope and he is my strength I can face anything in this world. So, how does that work? How does God really become each of our help and our strength? Well, there's three words I want to share with you this morning. These are the points for the message I believe that God needs, He has for us to hear. I think we need to hear these today. So, number one is this God becomes my refuge and my strength when I, number one, thank Him. The first word that I believe we need to know today is the word, just thank. Where we are able to be thankful always, no matter what happens. And when we read that verse, sometimes when, when we read the verses about God's help and his protection, we think, immediately our mind goes to, well, God's going to protect me from the storm. He's going to keep the storm away from us. Well, we know that's not always true, right? Sometimes he does. I mean, think about it. There are times that God has protected you and kept you from going through something. And sometimes we can look back on it and say, boy, God really rescued me and he saved me, protected me from having to go through that. But sometimes we don't know that. The fact that we are all here this morning means that in some way God protected all of us from something that could have been worse, right? How about in other times? I, I mean, I, I just know. I mean, there's, I've heard stories, I think we all have these stories, where you're driving down the road, you're traveling, whatever you're doing, and you get this impression, you get this thought that goes, you need to go this way. And so you, you, you have a little argument with yourself. Well, why would I want to go that way? That's a longer way. That's very inconvenient to go. No, you need to go this way. 
So, okay, you go this way, and later you find out that there was something happened on this way, like an accident, and you're going, whoa, if I would have been driving through that on that road, I would have been there at exactly the time that that happened. What happened? God protected you from. But oftentimes, like this verse tells us, is that God protects us, that he is with us in the middle of the difficulty. In the middle of the storm, I can tell you with all confidence this morning that God was directly right with every one of you on Wednesday when this storm came through. And he hasn't left you since. He's with you and he is helping you. And the reason that we can count on him to do that is just by being thankful. It says that uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.18 It says, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. So what does that mean? It means no matter how big, how intense, how difficult the storm is that you're going through, whatever that is, the one we just went through, maybe a difficulty in life, you can always be thankful and I think sometimes, I think probably all of us have said this. I, I have a couple times this week when I saw the images and heard the reports of what, what happened just south of us, right? Northport, Fort Myers, Naples, all the flooding. You go, I my heart breaks this morning. I, I'm just, I'm tired of feeling so, so heartbroken for this people, right? Some of you know, personally know people that have gone through that. And so one of the things we say, well, I'm thankful because I don't have it as bad as they do, which is true. But let me ask you this. What if you were one of those? Would you still be thankful? Could you still be thankful? What if what you went through was the worst possible thing you could ever go through? Could you still be thankful in all circumstances or is your thankfulness an appreciation of what God did based on the fact that it wasn't as bad as someone else are you following me that's the test when Paul says be thankful in all circumstances it means everyone it's not dependent on anything or anyone else that we can still be thankful I mean think about Job A whole book of the Bible is on Job. You know what happened to Job? He lost everything. I mean everything. All his kids, all his relatives, all his crop, all his home, everything. He lost everything except two things, his life and a nagging wife. (laughs) That's all he had left. And if you read the end, the last chapter of the book of Job, Job says, in spite of all that, praise God. And because of that, God blessed him with ten times more than anything he had before. He was thankful that he still had, that God was still in the middle of everything he went through. Psalm 68 verse 19 says this, Praise the Lord, praise God our Savior, for each day he carries us in his arms. Picture that for a moment. God's been carrying you all week. His arms have been really full. (laughs) he's been holding each one of us our God is a God who saves the sovereign Lord rescues us 
from death. So, how can I develop this attitude of thanksgiving? Because I think we can. And one of the ways is in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. I'm going to use quite a few very um, familiar verses today because it's times like this that they sort of become real. Otherwise, they're just a good verse, right? And here's what it says. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Now, let's stop there for a moment because I think most of us, when we we hear this verse preached on, we read it ourselves, we, we sort of mentally stop there. Okay, I need to stop worrying, and we're pretty good at working at this, right? I, I'm working really hard to not worry. I'm working really hard at praying about everything, and I'm working really hard about telling God everything that I need. But how about the last part? Here's what the last part says. And it says, and thank him for all he has done. See, I think when we take that last part and we begin looking back and we think about and we begin thanking God for all the things he's done. Think about all the things that he's done in your life that are so good. He's blessed you. He's protected you from so many things. We focus on this and we forget all of this. When when we can begin to thank him, then we can begin to not worry. And pray, we can pray and tell God what we need. Why? Because we know he's done it in the past, we're grateful for it, and we know he'll do it again. So I think, just my own personal opinion, is the last part of that verse is the key to the first part. If you can have an attitude of gratitude, of thankfulness, it will give you the ability to not worry, to pray, and to tell God exactly the things that you need in life, which gives us a thankful heart. Number two, the second word I think that we need to know today is God becomes my refuge when I trust him. So we have the word thank, we have the word trust See, one of the things, and I think you've probably experienced this before, and it can be something very simple, very practical, but when you find something in life that works, okay, something that that helps you, and it helps you once, and then you try it again, it helps you again. All of a sudden, you begin to trust this thing, it could be a person, it could be uh, a way of doing things, it could be an object, whatever it is, you trust that it's going to help you each time, right? Well, what if that trust was not in a thing, but it was in God himself? What if you, had, what if you were at the point of your life that every time something happened to you, you automatically trusted in God to help you through it? I mean, you didn't even have to think about it. You just, no. Okay, a storm comes your way. And immediately you say, I'm good because God's going to help me. You didn't have to wonder. You didn't have to think about it. It was an automatic response because you trust in God and you trust that he can do that. I mean, this is where Romans 8.28 comes alive. Look what it says. We know that God causes everything to work together. Now, he doesn't cause everything. He causes everything to work together for the good of those, that's our good, who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. 
I mean, I know it's pretty soon after the fact, but it's still true. God has a purpose for every one of us this morning in the storm. You might think, I don't know what good could come out of this. I don't know what God could do to make this turn for good in my life. But he does. He does for us. Those of us who love him, we're called according, we live and called according to his purpose. He does for those who really experienced a devastating loss. He's even in the middle of that for people. Whether that purpose is ever revealed or not, it still happens. That's where trust comes in. That's where you believe that everything that is happening in your life, God is in the middle of it. He's working at it, whether I see it or feel it or not. And here's the thing. What if you never see the results of what God is doing? Will you still continue to trust him? We love it when we see it, right? When it might be a year from now, we look back and go, oh, wow, that was horrible. But in the midst of it, this is what happened. Maybe it takes five years. What if, what, what if it takes 10 years from now for you to be able to look back on this week and say, you know what? God was in the middle of that. Look what he did. What if you never see it? Can you still trust him? Can you still trust that whether it ever becomes like a reality for you to know and to see that you'll still believe that God's at work? Did you know that's where faith comes in? That's where real trust comes in? That's where Proverbs chapter, chapter uh, 3, verse 5 comes in. It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. What does that mean? It means whether you understand it or not, whether you see it or not, whether you experience it or not. You have to be able to trust in God no matter what. And this is a time right now. I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you, every one of us this morning. You need to trust that God is in the middle of all of it for you. We don't know what the outcome is going to be for you or for anyone else. But can you trust God in spite of what you think the outcome is? That's the test. In Romans 5, Verse 3 to 5 says this. We rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will, lead to will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Now, 
I, I don't, I just confess. <laughs> I mean, I've been to Bible college and things like that, and I've read the Bible a few times. There are a lot of things about God I still do not understand. I just admit, I, I mean, one of my questions, God, why? Why? You, and you probably wondered that, really? Right, right? God, why did you let this happen to us, to anybody? I, I don't know that we'll ever know. Does it matter? The why? But we know that God... God knows. God's got it all in his hands. Nothing happens on this planet without his knowing and without his permission. Does he cause it all? No. Does he allow it? Yes. Whatever happens, he allows. I don't know why. But one of the reasons, he tells us right here, one of the reasons that you and I go through problems and trials maybe even hurricanes and storms, is that it develops endurance. Endurance develops character. Character strengthens our confident hope of our salvation. So above anything else, one of the reasons that God allowed you, allows you and allowed you to go through whatever you go through is that if you allow it to, it will end up giving you confident hope of your salvation. Sometimes we need that. <laughs> you go, God, couldn't you teach it some other way? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we miss the point if it isn't intense enough. But the truth is this. Whether we ever see it or know it or not, God has a purpose and a plan for everything that happens to us. And if you love Him, and if you continue to live your life according to His plan and purpose, it will be revealed to you at some point why and what the reason that God allows things to happen. Then the last thing, number three, is, uh, is the word turn. Okay, God becomes my refuge when I turn to Him. Now, as I was thinking about this, and I, I tend to get uh, pretty specific on terminology sometimes. The word turn, if you, are, if you are going to turn to God during a time of trouble, which we should, what does that mean? If you have to turn to something, what does that mean of your current situation? It means you've got to change where you're looking at, right? It means if I, if I have to turn to you guys, it means I probably am looking here. I'm going to turn and look. Now, here's the thing. If you have to, and you should, turn to God during times of trouble, but my question is, why should we have to turn to him? Shouldn't we already be looking to him? Isn't that a good question? I think it is. <laughs> The problem is I still need to turn once in a while. 
I mean, Hebrews tells us that we are to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. And if our eyes are constantly on Jesus Christ, we never have to turn to him because we're always looking at him. We're always focused at him. And so if our gaze is continually fixed on Jesus Christ, we automatically, as we go through the things in life, we're automatically looking to and at him and say, okay, God, here we go again. The problem for many of us is that we believe in God and we, and we love God, but we aren't always fully dependent on him. Trust means that we depend on him all the time. And it takes things like this sometimes to help us to learn that, to learn that we can completely trust him. And so we turn, and th then we turn to him. And the word, the word turn is simply the word repent. If you go back to the Greek language, the Bible was written. It's the word repent. It means to change, to turn from what you were doing and go this way, to change your mind, to change the direction of your life, to change your thinking, to change your perspective. It's simply a word that means to do a 180-degree turn. And so that's what we're talking about, is that we need to turn to God. But the thing is, if we have to make a major turn towards God, what are some things that maybe we are turning from that have our attention? And one of those, I put this in your notes. It's not a blank, but it's there. One of the things that we need to maybe turn from is our past. What does that mean? It means that some of us, are so consumed with things that have happened in our past, mentally, emotionally, sometimes even spiritually. We're, we're, we, we're almost like we live in the past and we can't look forward to what's ahead. And we can't experience the joy of what we're going through because the past is always on our mind. It's always consuming us. And one of the reasons we struggle in times of difficulty is because sometimes those memories and those emotions that we still have from something that has happened in the past, every time we go through a difficult time, they pop up again, and it makes the situation so much worse than what it really is because of our past. And some of us, our focus is completely on that, and everything that happens triggers that. And it jumps up and it takes over our emotions and our thinking of what we're going through. Here's what Paul says in Philippians. He says, dear brothers and sisters, I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Now, this forgetting part, Paul's not saying I, I just block it out of my mind and I don't want to remember it anymore. You can't. You ever try to forget something? The more you try to forget something, the more you what? You think about it. It, it just, you can't, you can't do it. So what, is he, what he's saying is, the things in my past that have sort of been issues for me, I'm going to deal with them. I'm going to resolve them. I'm going to take care of them. It might mean being healed from them it was, if it's a hurtful thing. It might mean forgiving somebody it might mean asking forgiveness from somebody 
Uh, there's all sorts of things that we can do to forget the past. Being, basically saying, I'm going to be free from the past so that I can have joy today and I can live the future that God has for me and I can look forward to that for tomorrow. And so many of us are there. Everything we go through in life, it doesn't take much for us to go back to that moment, go back to that experience, and those emotions and those memories sort of, they come back up and we're going, why did you do that again? I thought I was done with this. And sometimes they're simply a reminder that you still have some work to do. There's still some things that need to be resolved in order for us to be free from that. So, what are some, what, what is, so? okay, we turn from that, that's an example, there's many other things we can turn from. Another thing is we can turn to people, to different things. We can turn to each other. One of the things we can turn to. Um, and because we're commanded, did you realize that we're command, Jesus commands us to help each other? And if Jesus commands us to help each other, it should give us the permission to reach out when we do need help. It says in Galatians 6.2, By helping each other with your troubles, you truly obey the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? Well, it's simply Jesus says, Love one another as I have loved you. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's the law of Christ. And so for us, if you're going to recover, if you're going to turn to somebody for your help, we need to turn to each other and help each other out. But the question is, why, why don't we? I mean, many of you have no problem with that. You call a friend, say, hey, you know, I got, you know, maybe right now, I got three trees in my yard that are just, they're down, and I need all the trimming. So many of you have done that. Some, some of us, we spent quite a bit of time cleaning up our own yards and helping other people. That's great. But what, what about it com when it comes to more personal things? Why is it that some of us hesitate to reach out and ask other people to help us? I mean, you're great. Some of you are great at helping other people. I mean, you are there instantly. But when you need help, you just take care of it yourself. You deal with it. Why don't we? Well, one of them is pride, right? If I ask you for help, that would be like a sign of weakness. And I'm not, I don't want to be perceived as weak. And if, if, I, if, if you have to come help me, then I'm going to look like I can't deal with this on my own. I got this. But can I tell you something? Probably one of the most character-strengthening things you can do and perception-building things you can do for, around, for the people around you is for you to simply admit to other people that you need their help. It's not a sign of weaknesses. weakness. Actually, it's one of the strongest things you can do. Nobody's going to look down on you. Nobody's going to say, you need help with that? <laughs> you, you can't do that? It's actually the 100% opposite. So I would say to any of you, all of you this morning, if you need help with anything right now, 
please ask. Because there's plenty of people in this room that are more than willing to help. And they will do nothing but think better of you for asking. You got that? Anybody else say amen? amen? All right. But I think the other reason that, that maybe we don't ask for help is fear. If I ask somebody to help me, that means I'm, I'm letting them into a little bit of my life. And I don't know if I want people to get that close. What if they see some things that are less than perfect? <laughs> Welcome to the club. We all have things that are less than perfect, right? I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands, but I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure the answer. How many of you have nothing but perfect things in your life? I expected that. Okay? We, we just all, and so all the excuses we use for not reaching out and asking for help, and the reason I'm going this angle is because I know so many of you are willing to help. That's just how you are. But sometimes we don't know what we can do to help others if we don't know that you need help. So this is for you. <laughs> Those of you who just don't like to ask for help. Now's a good time to ask. Don't be afraid. Don't be prideful. This could be one of the most building, encouraging things that you can do. And once you finally do, you will realize that having people you can count on is one of the best ways to overcome and recover from one of the worst storms you've ever been through realizing that you have fellow brothers and sisters that are willing to help you, whatever it is. And then, okay, we turn to each other, then we turn to God. Now, hopefully that turn to God isn't a big one. Hopefully it's just a couple degrees because you're already close to it. This is when we take our eyes off of everything else that isn't God and we have our complete focus on God himself and who he is and what that, that he is really the only source of our help and our hope and our strength. Isaiah 12, 2 says this. See, God has come to save us, to save me. I will trust in him and not be afraid. The Lord God is my strength and my song. He has given me what? Victory. Hallelujah. God has given each one of us victory because he is our help and our hope and our strength and he's our song, which we sang about him and to him this morning. But here's the thing. Here's one of the things I've learned in life. It only takes one time for you to trust God for something and he comes through for you to learn that you can trust God with everything. You ever do that? You ever, you ever, you ever, you finally get to the point where you, you say, okay, God, I can't do this one on my own. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to put my trust in your hands. I'm going to put my trust in your ability to take care of this. And he comes through. And you go, wow, that was amazing. Sometimes it only takes one, even a small thing for us to realize, look, I can trust God. 
And I would, I would say to you this morning, if there's ever a time for you to give it a shot, now's the time. Trust God. And just know that he will save you, he will help you, and he will encourage you. Because God is not an occasional God. He's an all-the-time God. He is with you no matter what, and you don't have to wait for these moments to turn to him. If you are focused on him constantly, all the time, you will realize that he's doing these things like even in ordinary life. Even when you're not going through a difficult time or a storm in life, God is still with you. He is guiding and directing you. He's helping you in every little and big thing that you're going through. If you trust him and if you stay turned to him and if you put your hope in your strength and you thank him, he's always there to help you. So today... Some of you are here, you're struggling, maybe emotionally, you're just drained. Like I said before, we're tired, right? We're wore out, and if you're like me and you think about some of the people that are, and, and you see the images of what's happening down south of us, I mean, it's just overwhelming to think about what some people are going through. For me, we had to pick up a bunch of branches in the yard and run a generator for a couple days. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> but even then, just knowing how the position we're in as opposed to the position of others, it still it, it wears on us, right? Some of you are here this morning and you're just you're emotionally tired, maybe mentally Maybe spiritually, maybe your soul is weary today. And you just needed this. But here's what Psalm 50 verse 15 says. God says, call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you will honor me. This morning, just call on God. It's a good time to say, God, maybe you're going to have a conversation. Maybe you already have. You've had a conversation with God you've never had before. It's been intense. Maybe you've been asking a lot of intense questions about God. Maybe you even yelled at him. That's okay. He can handle it. But in the, but in the end, you simply humble yourself and you say, God... I don't understand it, but I, I just need your help. I need hope. I need some strength right now. Would you carry me through this? Would you save me? God brought us here this morning just to be encouraged because he's with us and we're here with each other.